You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hi, it's Lauren, Education Editor. The Shadow Minister for Innovation, Industry, Science and Research, Kim Carr, is outraged about Simon Birmingham's behaviour in vetoing 11 research grants. When Carr was Minister for Education, he introduced protocol that dictated that a minister must declare an explanation for vetoing a grant, which the current government subsequently overturned. I spoke with him to further understand his position on this issue. First of all, I was wondering what your biggest issue is with Simon Birmingham's decision to do this. Is it the fact that he used the veto? Is it the subjects that he applied it to? Or is it the fact that he didn't explain his decision? Oh, look, it's all of those things. What uh, we're seeing here is a return to some dreadful experiences that we uh, had in the period of 2005, where the Minister Nelson undertook the similar practice. Um, it would appear that the Liberal Party have uh, stopped listening, they failed to learn from 10 years ago, they failed to understand the Australia that has developed all around them. This is a very serious uh, development because the topics that they've chosen to ostracise in this way are clearly matters that they thought they could uh, seek political advantage of within the Liberal Party and the National Party itself. See, this was all done in secret. Uh, it was part of a push within the coalition at a time when the government was moving to the right. Um, and it reflects, I think, a, a deep prejudice uh, about the importance of the arts and the humanities of culture, of, of music, and the fundamentals of of what we would call civilised society. Now, this is at the same time where they're haranguing uh, the universities about the Ramsey Centre and uh, what they see as the failure to embrace Western civilization or their version of it. Well, they're fundamentally attacking these uh, often world-leading scholars in areas of great importance to the future of the country. Now, we saw it um, in times gone by around climate change, but it was then it was about uh, questions on the humanities and, and especially around questions on sexuality. Uh, now we see it in a broad spectrum of issues. And it was also the fact that they fail to explain anything as to why they're doing it. Um, and then when they were exposed, they went back to the old technique of the, the vilification of the individuals. And, of course, when they, they chose to highlight the titles of the projects, and even then they misquoted the titles, didn't put the context at all in any way, and they failed to understand the detail of the projects and how important they were. So projects, for instance, that went to the issues of cultural change and the importance of music in adapting to the closure of the planet Elizabeth became victims of this approach. 
projects that went to climate change and the impact on sport, the adaption of the use of water and the MCG became victims of this. Um, matters in regard to the one that they've used most publicly um, where they misquote the title entirely. The title is Double Crossings post Ordealist Arts in the Straits of Gibraltar. is actually a, an art history project about the interface between the Africa and Europe, uh, Christian and Muslim cultures, the impact of people smuggling and contraband and border crossings. Um, you know, it's a, from you know internationally renowned art historians, uh, these are projects that uh, would, under any circumstances, be regarded of great value to the country, and particularly given the circumstances where the humanities projects have become increasingly difficult to secure, and the success rates have fallen away in in many areas uh, from. For instance, um, 30% down to 11% in, in some of these areas. Now, there are others in regard to the future fellowships. Um, these are unprecedented to knock these back. The early career dis, uh, research awards, knocking those back. Unprecedented behaviour. So there's many areas in which you could reasonably be deeply concerned and hence the outrage right across the research community, of course, all the academies, whether they be in the humanities, social sciences, the technology or the general sciences, have all said the same thing, that this is to be resisted very strongly by the entire research community. So uh, you mentioned before we started the recording that this can have effects that are broader than just those which uh, occur to grants. Can you explain what you mean by that? But clearly, the, the, uh, what the government's now trying to do is present this as uh, a matter that the public will reject. Well, I don't, first of all, I don't believe that Australians are that uh, hostile to new knowledge. But more importantly, it's uh, an attitude that suggests that the sort of Philistinism is going to be rewarded politically. And I, I, I can't see how that works either. Um, as I say, I, it strikes me the Liberals have frankly stopped listening and they've failed to understand that Australia's and Australians understand the importance of have constant re- investment in new knowledge and how important inquiry is to the economic and social development of the country. Um, you know, we simply internationally we simply can't afford to allow the country to be presented as being this sort of backwater in which these types of intellectual pursuits are not valued. This is a serious issue for the future of the spread of prosperity and creation of new knowledge, creation of new economic opportunities, and it goes beyond just whether or not this is an in, a level of cretinism that goes to some sort of base political grandstanding for some of the knuckle-draggers within the coalition at the moment. Uh, A form of these powers were last used by Brendan Nelson in 2005. And in the interim, there was a Labor government. Do you know why they didn't act to change the legislation in this respect? Well, there was um, 
There was I, I didn't think it was necessary because I thought there'd been established a commitment on the guard to the protocol. I was the minister that introduced the new protocols, which said that if um, a government minister was going to reject the expert advice, then they had to declare that and they had to explain why uh, the minister was acting. Now, clearly, we need to do more next time to reinstate those protocols. They were repudiated when this government came to office. And of course, this is the first time uh, we revealed that this had happened last uh, Thursday night at the Senate Estimates. I was able to secure this information. Now, we know that the, the established practice, the convention had been established and put in place. And so that it hadn't happened before Birmingham had acted, Mr Birmingham had occurred to have done this last year and this year. And so it's clearly we need to re we need to re-establish that uh, convention and re-establish it. Well, obviously, I'll need to take that further when next time the ARC Act is actually up for amendment in the parliament. Do you think that there is a place for the veto at all, even if it comes with an explanation? Oh, well, look, there is a question about the um, you know, whether or not the ARC is uh, able to always get it right. I mean, I acknowledge that, that it's possible they will get it wrong. I see the discussion that uh, we had last Thursday night about the Centre of Excellence for Reefs. Now, I, I believe there's been uh, an instruction issued at some level to shape the shortlisting. Now, that uh, centre of excellence has um, international renown. It's best in the world, but can't get on the shortlist. I'm thoroughly dissatisfied with that. How did that happen? Where uh, the uh, some of the, the strongest uh, concentration of reef scientists in the world can't get on the shortlist for a centre of excellence. I've got. I've seen the assessment, the review assessment. It is outstanding, and the statements there show that this should be funded at all costs. Now, there was only one review sought. Normally, there's three or four. No interviews were sought for any of the applicants. When I look through the list of applicants, I, I genuinely have to question how it is that this centre of excellence can't make the shortlist. So I do acknowledge the principle that the ARC doesn't necessarily get it right in every occasion. And, and But, but equally, if we're going to change a recommendation or challenge a recommendation, you have to explain why. That's the fundamental principle. Okay? If your minister wishes to intervene, then they should explain why. Is there anything further that you would like to say? Well, I think that's... Uh, I mean, it's important to appreciate that the personal effect that this, uh, the effect that this has on the individual scholars and not enough attention has been paid uh, to the damage that this does to individual careers uh, and this, the cavalier way in which this government has treated the universities and the individuals concerned in this regard. And I'm particularly concerned at the attempt to denigrate and humiliate researchers in their desperate attempt to justify this uh, crass appeal to, to Philistinism by this government. And uh, we, we, I, mean, I will be doing everything I can to defend the integrity 
of the researchers in this, uh, this round that I have before me. Thank you so much for your time. All right. That's all good.